Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gap fest for a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for thought, we are not a hard nut to crack. Oh my god, stop saying not. Nuts. The nut discourse on this podcast is disgusting. It's not truly look over at, the top. Look at what I got as a snack here at iHeartRadio. A sweet and salty nut. Nature Valley Bar. Nature Valley Bar. Now also, Joe has gone full lesbian. Sweet and salty nut. Dear listeners, what's also disgusting is that everyone on this podcast now, aside from me, when they go on a jog, a simple jog a normal <laughs> leisurely jog they say i'm going to get my, my run, run nut, nut. <laughs> my run nut to run be nut. clear not everyone okay. because <laughs> i don't run i will ever it's say logically correct because everyone who goes on a run says run nut. <laughs> so therefore the logic holds fine fine fine, fine. no <laughs> the run that's nut. not <laughs> dennis I, doesn't believe terrible. in running unless dennis is being chased <laughs> and <laughs> even or running that, toward the d and <laughs> even then i'd rather be carried <laughs> sorry i mean i just uh we, you know we, we we got this from just calling anything that gives your body that endorphin so this is joe it's a physiological thing when you eat when you have sex your body releases these endorphins so that, we that all know about endorphins center. we've all seen legally blonde okay, okay. So, like come so on anything that has this endorphin release where your body feels that way we call it a nut so, so you like can get my nap nut the we, nap nut is so good the we, nut nut I love the nut. <laughs> Stop it, all of you. You're ruining running um, for me. Canceled. Canceled. I love running. You get that run nut, Fran. Yeah. No, you I love don't. getting that run nut. No, I do not. Fran loves Fucking getting that run nut. I, Fran doth protest too much. Too much nut. Fran is fully nut. erect when Fran jogs. I believe that to be true. I do look really good when I jog. I always take it. I always take it Instagram. The stories, the, the stories oh, are man. pretty good. The yeah. stories are great. I always look nice and glistening. <laughs> sunny outside. Mm. Uh, I am Tommy Teves Pico. I'm an indigenous American poet, screenwriter, and I got some thickness by a dude a couple weekends ago. I'm talking about thickness, and I fully asked him to unbreak my butt. Oh, oh my God. Unbreak. unbreak my butt. Okay, Joseph. Say your butt. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Wait, wait. Nut in my butt. Okay. No, I mean, I gotta cut that. Oh, <laughs> Uh, oh my God. I'm Fran. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm an editor. And my exes have stopped listening to this podcast for quote unquote mental health reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. oh, you're doing so great, baby. I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. And frankly, my gender is hating Jeff Benzos, but my sexuality is the hot bar at Whole Foods. Mm. It's so good. Samosas at the at the Whole oh, Foods man. are on point. The a mac bitch and gone bougie. That mac and cheese is mediocre. It's good at best. But this bitch has gone bougie. The chicken thighs, the soups. Mm. I prefer bougie Joe. I do. Oh. I do. I love that um, the hot bar at Whole Foods is my bougie restaurant. That's your that's your bougie. <laughs> um, and I am Dennis Norris the second. And I'm a reader and a writer, a former figure skater, and somewhat ironically, I'm allergic to nuts. Oh my. <laughs> God, I don't think I knew that about Dennis. Dennis, Dennis it is in with the twist. Actually, true. Twist. Tommy's like, I really wish I had known that before I put all those nuts in your coffee this morning. <laughs> coffee nut. Oh, I love the coffee nut. Stop Ooh, it. The poop nut. The coffee nut. And the I, you know what? I I apologize for bringing us back there. I'm I just sorry. called you Justin. I was so furious that I forgot your name. Okay, what have we got on the menu today? Today is our money, 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 money oh, episode. Wow, that was bad. Why did you you've made it worse? <laughs> Anyways, today is our money episode. Um, we talk about which Kelly is our favorite Kelly. Teebs riles and beguiles us with an impure a thought story, mm-hmm. and our dessert. I just, I really wish we weren't doing it. I mean, we all do. We're all so mad about it. This is not endorsed by it most of us. It doesn't have to be your dessert, okay? <laughs> all right, let's get that podcast nut. <laughs> 
Let's start the top of the show the way any good top should with a little tease. Our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh, and to mm. amuse our booshes, Fran's got a game for us. Well, actually, Dennis and I co-wrote this oh. little this this little edition of homonym. Uh, homo. Homonym, which if you don't know what a homonym is. Homonym is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If you don't, Fran is fully melting I'm down. I'm having we've a had stroke. A few, after... We've had a few too many nuts. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Sorry. If you can't beat them, you join them, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a nut I can't beat. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Done nut. <laughs> Anyways. If you don't know what a homonym is, a homonym is when you have two different similar sounding words that are spelled the same way. So like bear as in the animal and Rawr. bear as in like I'm bearing it all. Mm. Um. And so this is our um, gay version of this, uh, wherein we take some similar sounding words, some similar sounding people, places, things, and we as thoughts decide which is the most homosexual. Mm-hmm. So not the best. N- no. The not, gayest. Right. The, the gayest. gayest. Which also means best, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. the worst. <laughs> yeah, in our case. Mm. <laughs> First up, we have RuPaul, Ru from Hunger Games, Ru from Euphoria, and Ru... McClanahan. <laughs> this is this very is, difficult. This is tough. This one, he started off real I mean, Rue is very gay in that he is toxic. <laughs> <laughs> has some very sus opinions in general. <laughs> Truly has stopped actual reading, yeah. I think. Yeah, and you know, I for me though, I gotta go with Rue from Euphoria because not only is that like a lesbian relationship, but also Profoundly emotionally disturbed. Right, oh, yeah. that's gay. That's, that's so very gay. gay. That's very yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah. I just think Rue McClanahan, who is blanche in, blanche. <laughs> in um, the Golden Girls, is just gay icon. She, she just taught me how to just like be a, a proud gutter slut, and I want to be as big a gutter slut as she is when and, I'm and that she's age. dead, which is well, very so gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> Je- frankly, jealous. So just gay. very, very jealous. Yeah. I'm I'm also gonna say Rue McClanahan because she taught me how to feel good about thotting and just the sheer number of times and the adoration with which she said the the term big daddy. Mm. Mm. That is your it sexuality. Spoke to me yeah. so hard. We have Cookie Lion. Cookie Monster. <laughs> cookie Dough. Kauki Crisp. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... Are you one of those disgusting people that eats Cookie Crisp, Joseph? No, I don't even know what that I is. I just is watched you... It's a cereal. Toast crunch? I just watched you hork down the cereal, Cinnamon Toast I, Crunch. Oh, cinnamon toast oh crunch. I love it's Cinnamon so Toast Crunch. Disgusting. Cookie Crunch, no. Really you fucking I think, children. I think Cookie Dough is the gayest because it's right. not baked. It's fully not right. done. It's, yeah, queer, not done it's queer to eat it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, yes. And it might... Cause you some damage. And it's gonna cause it's you gonna, damage. It, it comes. It's a well. big. It comes in a big phallic shape. It, oh, it, it does. It, it needs more minutes in the oven. Oh yes. wow, that was it's great. immature. Um, yes, but it's I'm, immature. <laughs> I'm gonna be serious for a minute though, and actually choose Cookie Lion only oh, because wow. in icon. the early seasons, yeah, in the early seasons of Empire, like we didn't see that many um, portrayals of black parents, male or female really like in fictional TV shows like supporting their queer children. Mm-hmm. Also the way she says bye Felicia mm-hmm. in the first season is my entire life. Mm-hmm. The, the the moment in the first season where she throws the drink in someone's face and then punches them yes. while they're like it's just very oh, queer. Oh the best. Simon Cowell. Uh-huh. Simon Love as in Love Simon. Okay okay there's a comma. Simone de Beauvoir. Okay love it. Simone as in Nina. Oh what about Simone Biles? Oh, uh, she's is she gay? She wears a lot of jumps uh, jumpsuits. She, who were those gymnastics twins? That oh, were just Morgan and Paul that were oh, broke. Yeah. That was like in a sweet, like an internet sweet spot too. Oh, like, right? So oh my god, Morgan and Paul. So, oh my god. So the gayest people on this list are Morgan and Paul. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, somehow. Oh my god. I love it. I love it. Um, oh. No, I, I don't know. I feel like Simon Cowell was the first person who taught me how to be queenie in public. Even right. though oh, okay. he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was very clean, very he judgmental was on that show, very, very judgy yeah. and like very shady. Yeah. Never, yeah, really, like like was very um, strong with the snark. I love that. Yeah, me too. Tina Turner, Tina Knowles, mm. Tina Belcher. 
Oh, God. Mm. Tina Belcher is so disaffected. Mm. Gay icon. So gay. Just, just so gay. That's the aloof homosexual. Yeah. And then that, that, little, that little grunt that she makes uh, and sit when she's uncomfortable. Uh, so gay. So gay. so gay. I mean, Tina Knowles, though. I know. I mean, God, like, those designs on. in the 90s. Come like, on. But no. also, have you ever watched videos of her being at Costco? <laughs> oh, no. my God. She's like, <laughs> yes. it's Sunday afternoon yes. here at my favorite place. Costco. Costco. And yes. you're like, what? Yes. Yes. It's like, feels like it's sponsored by Costco, but it's not. She's literally just excited to be Gays there. love a deal. We, we love, love a deal. Lo- we love we a love deal. Buying, buying in bulk. bulk. Absolutely. Buying free samples. Free samples. Let's Let's samples. Buying Here we go. We are yes. exclusivity yes. having a membership. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> we have Olivia Pope, Olivia Coleman, Olivia Wilde, or mm. Olivia Newton John. Xanadu is very gay. So is Greece. So I'd say Olivia Newton John. Olivia Newton John is didn't wasn't she also rumored to be a witch or something? I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did, she also know. did the "Let's Get Physical" song, right? Let's mm-hmm. get physical, physical. Yes. But in between like, the leotards and the leg warmers, I don't know if if this if this is gay. However, Olivia Wilde did direct what was my favorite gay movie of the year, Book which Smart. was Booksmart. Oh, that movie was, was so good. It was literally mm. a perfect film. Can you imagine if we were teenagers when that came out? Like right. if those if, if we didn't have like from my generation anyway we had American Pie and it was right. like come on uh, if I had book smart I would yeah. be such and, a better and person and like in it like I was you know as an editor at the time and was and was like in the PR push for that movie and they didn't market it as a queer movie mm. and it is yeah. like mm. it, it's like the best queer movie I saw all year the yeah. fact that we didn't it was not billed as such is wild to me and there's just yeah. like ra- like they're just unexplained gender neutral restrooms right you know what I mean things like that where I was like this is great yeah. I want to live in this world god that was so wise you're like if we had if we had had that growing up instead of American Pie mm-hmm. how much better would we be <laughs> Janet Mock Janet Jackson mm. Janet as in damn it Janet damn it Janet <laughs> ooh ooh ja- six foot one Janet Reno who is that? She Attorney General under of... Clinton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like she has big lesbian was vibes to me. There is a like, general. Ba- I think oh. there's a general generational difference between. I'm not quite catching it, but I'm. Uh, Janet's my number one. Janet was what I wanted to be when I grew. The, the first thing I ever wanted to be was Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. When I was a few bars. Mm-hmm. Tommy. Um, that's the way love goes. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, that's the way love goes. I love the oh whispery voice, which is just very gay to sort of it like is, whisper everything you say, you know? Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> We're back. And for our second segment today, we are doing one of our salacious, sexy, sex or not sex stories. It's an impure thought with our own Tommy D. Oh, gay icon, tomboy. Thank you. I'm preparing my gag reflex now. <laughs> uh, so I mentioned before on this show that a few years ago I had this like date blog on Tumblr um, because mm-hmm. my therapist and my best friend, when I had told them like, I think I'm just really picky. And they were like, no, you have intimacy issues. <laughs> uh, they challenged me to go on 100 dates, not 100 good dates, but 100 dates, period. Mm-hmm. It was a numbers game purely. They would count like um, dates with the same person person as different dates so it didn't have to be 100 different people just 100 different dates so I got on all of the apps I got on the uh, 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 at that time what was it Adam for Adam was um, at that time back then yeah yeah yeah, a lot of the uh, manhunt I believe was up there as well as Mm -hmm. the grinders and the other things and I just started saying yes that not sex dates necessarily but anytime somebody was like can we go out for a drink I said yes it didn't matter what their height their age (laughs) nothing so um, I ended up going on this one called and I gave everyone a code name and this one was codenamed baby 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 because he was very young and Uh i typically do not say yes when they're very young how old were you at the time i think i was probably 28 and how old was he he was 23 fresh out of college Mm. and i did remark at the time as i've probably remarked before that the last time i had dated somebody was 23 i was 19 so it had been a while since i dated (laughs) a 23 year old and uh but he was very Six five, so still yeah. Okay, important. You know, important. You know important. being tall sort of ages people in a way. You perceive them. I always like, think somebody who's taller than me does. is older sure. than I am. The last time I had a signing at um, Greenlight Cafe, somebody came up to me and they were like, "Oh, hey, can I sign my thing? My name's Ben." And I was like, "Oh, thank you, Big Ben." Like da 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 da, and like signed it and was like really flirting. He was a lot taller than I was, and I got ben. back on Instagram, and he ended up being a senior in high school. No. no! Oh, no! Big Ben, Big, Big Ben. ben. 
<laughs> Ding oh. dong, Big Ben. Yeah. Wait, but how old is Big Ben now? Maybe you can slide this back. This was in. like four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was pictures at his prom. <laughs> <laughs> no. Scary. Wow. Nope. So nope. But you, that means Big Ben is now a freshman. No, Dennis. I'm just Dennis. I'm just that's out there. Joe's territory. No, it okay? is absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I go on a date with baby, baby, baby. We go to Blue Bottle Cafe in Williamsburg, and um, he walks in, and I was just like, I don't know. Sometimes you know, p- people from their profile pictures, they um, look a little bit different in a bad way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he looked different in a good I way. Love that. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yes. oh, you did not present yourself that well on this application, my I friend. <laughs> um, and I'm I immediately kind of. St- done because he kind of he reminded me appearance wise of somebody who I'd had a crush on all throughout college who never kind of consummated it with and I was like I get like a do over with this other person it can be so dangerous that transference Mm -hmm. though because there's something between you and the other person that isn't the other person can't possibly reciprocate yes it was was, like for me there was a precedent and for him he was walking into a whole new situation Um, and I I I was just uh, it was like the minute he walked through the door I wanted (laughs) him to get it in and you know but we had a really lovely day of like nonsense Sexy stuff. Okay. Like getting coffees, mm. going to the East River, walking around Williamsburg, going into Bushwick. And he was kind of like, Well, can I um can I sort of like walk you home? And I was mm. like, sure. And mm. we we're like at the doorway, we're at the thresholds, and threshold. this is like I'm living where Dennis lives now, my old mm-hmm. apartment in Williamsburg. And um I had like four roommates at the time, each with their significant others, and occasionally a few of them with their dogs as well. So it was a full okay. house. Got it. It that, was a full that house. becomes, you know, dicey. That's a yeah. sitcom I would yeah. watch though. But so it was like I had no intention of hooking up with this person. Because I didn't want to have them come home with this house full of people, and mm. our walls are very thin, and I am very loud oh. in sex. Wait, I have Me a question too. for Me the too. group. Does do your roommate? Do, if your roommate is home, does that make you less likely to hook up? It, it would have. It does make it less likely, but it's not always a deal breaker. Mm. I am very courteous in that, like, I will always tell people ahead of time. Your and roommates. I, yeah, and I also yeah. plan dick, dick appointments ahead of time, and I'll, I'll text my roommates and be like, I'm having a dick appointment Sunday at 8 p.m. Okay. So, like, you, like, be, be in the house. You can or be, be in not, the, yeah, yeah, it's up to you. Like, I'm not, yeah. No, it doesn't make me less likely to have a hookup. Of course not. <laughs> no. no. So I was a bit reticent, and um, then we just like started making out, and he was just really good at it. And I was like, I couldn't, it wasn't even a suggestion in my mind. I was like, we are going upstairs right now. I love that. The, yeah. That switch. Just mm-hmm. ran upstairs as quick as we could. I didn't say hi to anybody. A Lots of people were there and like had started to talk, but I was like, nope, 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 nope. We're like, shut the door and proceed to have like the most vigorous fun sort of like wrestly WWF sex of my entire yeah, d- d- life. D- d- wow. D&B? Wow. D&B, dick, everything. Dick went in the butt. Literally everything. And the thing is like it was like I ended up writing a line about this in my first book which, which is like sober daytime sex is the nakedest. Oh, the nakedest. Oh, you know, it, it is, is so, so naked. naked. Oh, mm-hmm. scary. And I... But, and you hadn't prepped and you had just been out all day having coffee like... It was, and this was the wow. spirit. This honestly was in the, within the spirit of the hundred dates. Was like, just say yep. yes, yeah, just wow. go with it. Shonda wow. Rhimes, you know yes. what I mean. And so like, I was just going with it, and like he had me up against my bookshelf. I was like gripping onto it, and I oh, and he was like wow. slamming into me, and like uh, I knocked over a mirror, and it shattered, and whoa! we just kept going. This is like wow. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. And and I and like I was like sweating. He was sweating. My my um my um. Uh, like had fallen off of the frame and oh it was like kind of akimbo God. and we were still and it was just like like it, I don't it was hungry you know what H- I mean like sometimes you're hungry like gripping onto it and it was just like couldn't get enough like I, I yeah. understood the idea of like wanting to eat somebody you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yes. Yeah. It was and like there were there was like bite marks all over like from when he he would like he was like Fucking me, and then he like bit into like the um my what is this a deltoid or what is this yeah, muscle? Yeah, yeah. You're del- <laughs> <laughs> it's a deltoid. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's a, my delta burke right here. Like, <laughs> and like he just like bit into it, and, like like a wild animal, and just like held on while he was fucking me, and I was just like whoa. And we were making so much. I didn't realize until later that my roommates were all like traumatized no! <laughs> like, in their room like they heard things breaking yeah. they're and, like do I call 911 <laughs> they were like my like my friend Jess who I shared a wall with at the time uh, she was like in there with her boyfriend and she was like 
what do we do? And he's like, put on a record. And they put it on really loud and they could still hear me. And she was like, what do we do now? And he's like, I'll put on another one. He had another record player. He pulled out another record player, put on another record just to like drown out the noise of wow. the two of us going at it. That is such, that is some hipster I love bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> two like, record players. Do do? Yeah. Oh, pull out your second record player. Oh, no. And that's, that is the most Brooklyn thing I've ever heard. <laughs> My friend Diego was like in the bathroom at the time hearing all of this oh, and thinking yeah. it was somebody in the apartment above us he was like our upstairs neighbors are having a lot of fun right now <laughs> and i had ne- like never so thoroughly just like let go and like completely i wouldn't i wouldn't say not astral but completely the opposite of astral embodied embodied mm-hmm. yeah, yes yeah, yeah, like yeah, i yeah. was i was like i could feel the limits of my skin against his skin but it was like in the most magical and perfect way we were just like mm. sliding off of each other mm. at a certain point things that i would have found disgusting were actually incredibly erotic oh. You know what I mean? And I just could not get enough of him. And I remember after he left, he was like, he had like texted me before he got to the subway and was like, my body is fully buzzing. And I was like, me too. And he's like, can I come back? And he came back and we went for another full round. My bedroom in shambles at this point. Wow. Like, like pillows wow. all over the place. I'm like feathers. Like, yes, fully exactly. Feathers. Yes, like, feathers. I'm picturing like mirror shards digging into your thigh and oh you're my, bleeding. Oh my god, <laughs> Joseph! Very dangerous. <laughs> it was very dangerous. And wow. like, I I was so I had never kissed anybody with that like that made it that mm-hmm. fun uh, and but and he, he was so and I remember oh I remember this is a sober move because you definitely can't do this when you were drunk but I took his pants off with my teeth like oh. fully unbuttoned and unzipped and pulled down like I was pulling move on this fool you know wow. what I mean yes uh, and he went on to be my boyfriend <laughs> wait what? For a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. This I mean, why when, not? Because like, the thing is, like, my this the, my sort of date blog turned into, like, a relationship <sighs> blog. So the dates ended up being with the same person after a while, which was, like, with him, with him, with him. Oh what was his God. fake name again? I'm, baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. But right, 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 right. I, I'm still mm. in shock with Tommy saying the phrase, my boyfriend. <laughs> I just, I can't, I'm not, I, I can't I handle he was He was 28 at the time. He was 28. It's not the I'm Tommy obsessed. we know. It's not the Tommy we know. No. Uh, but it was, because I. the thing is, what had preceded this date, blah thing well I had just it, I had been trying to make it happen with so many people and it wasn't working out and so I was just like maybe my um my criteria is fucked up right so I'm just gonna try to do this with a lot of other people but this is also the guy who kind of broke me mm-hmm. in the way that like um my hunch was correct. I had no business seeing a 23-year-old right out of college because mm-hmm. when I needed, actually needed him emotionally, he couldn't be there mm-hmm. for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had failed once again. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And that's when I took the year off right. to I mean, stop that, dating and start writing. The thing about sex like that, particularly when you have a sexual connection like that, immediately with someone is that it feels like intimacy and it is sexual intimacy and it is a connection and I don't want to negate mm-hmm. that but like it can it can also feel like emotional intimacy mm-hmm. and it isn't it isn't like emotional intimacy things. is like built over time and I've made that mistake so many times in my life where because I have that type of like wanting to crawl inside of someone's skin mm-hmm. that I uh-huh. and that for me is I feel emotionally about it like my emotions are heightened I feel yeah. so connected to that person but like I, I have to remind myself that like this person hasn't earned my trust yet. Mm. This person hasn't earned my emotional intimacy. And I it's really hard to keep having sex with that person and like not feel within weeks like just like 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 they're your boyfriend yes. right because yep. like because like the the body connection was so, i remember i actually started to hyperventilate yeah. and he put his hand on my back and on my stomach and like manually forced me to breathe slower <gasps> and like it was just there was there's something mm-hmm. about the communication of our bodies that felt so in sync but that the communication I think was like an age difference and also new being him being new to this there was like this another kind of communication that wasn't happening and it was just like god damn this is like some Greek shit you know what I mean like where one thing could be so compatible and the other so not compatible it's so hard it's so hard to deal with so everything's a crapshoot and fuck love Yeah. (laughs) thanks for that there's a Tommy we know that's a Tommy we know and love (laughs) that's actually how I got to this point But why not just get plowed while you're going through it? Get plowed. Let's get plowed. Let's get plowed. (laughs) This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury. 
Because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Mmm, it's time we got to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And to lead us on money, we got Joe. So our main topic today is literally my least favorite thing in our entire capitalist world, money. My favorite I have described myself as a Marxist since I was 20 years old. And well, it's happily a lot more common these days. A lot more people have that identity. There's one thing I've heard a fuck ton of times since then. Uh, but, uh, Joe, how can you be a Marxist if you have a job, make money, go to Starbucks, buy your lube online, and fly on airplanes, which I know you know were invented by capitalism itself? Aren't you a hypocrite? You're doing a really bad job of my voice, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the fact is that no matter what our politics are, we live in a world where money matters, Mm -hmm. right? Saving for our futures and caring for our chosen family means that financial literacy is essential no matter what our politics are. We simply have to survive until the revolution comes. So thoughts to jump off. I want to start with a practical question. What is one thing that you wish someone had told you about money when you were but a wee gay youth? That you can ask for more. Oh, that's that is true. Yeah, you can always ask for more. In fact, you should ask for more every single time. Yeah, because it gets them used to you needing more. And like the worst they could say is no. They're not going to rescind the offer because you asked for more money, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I just that 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 has actually happened. (laughs) It happens, but it shouldn't. And if it and if it It does, then they were not the person you need. I agree with that. Because I I always felt like I had to feel grateful for getting anything. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. asking for more was too indulgent. If someone rescinds an offer after you're you pricing too high like that is so bogus like they should negotiate with you that's how this works yeah Yeah. um i think for me just the idea that it's okay to talk about money which includes asking for more Mm -hmm. but it also includes um just like understanding the the sort of basics of personal finance and like how to handle your own money so like asking people about how to do how better to do that like i i I feel like maybe it's because I grew up in a middle class home, but like for the longest time, I felt like you couldn't talk about money. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. talk about what you had versus what you didn't have. You couldn't like like pry into other people's business. Not that one should necessarily pry into other people's business, but like those are conversations that for the longest time I didn't feel comfortable having. Right. Yeah. And ex- and outside of exchanging tips with your community, like you should be transparent with each other. Like tell mm-hmm. each other your salaries. Tell yeah. each other how yeah. much you make per project. Like especially if you're in the freelance community. I'm like, you know, as a freelancer for many, many, many years, still do freelance work. Like be transparent with every every marginalized person around you and tell yeah. them like what you're making per project, how you quote, how you price things out, how you negotiate, how you develop your contracts, how you develop every nitty gritty thing about how you make money. Like share that information. Like that is how we 
yeah. all grow. It's not competitive. It's additive to our success. Oh, um, I mean, the notion of particularly in freelance work and arts work and writing, that it's a zero-sum game, that there's so many writers desperate out there to work, to get their work out, to be paid anything to do it, that you'll take anything. anything it's like yeah. a table scrap, and you'll literally take anything. So I feel like, you know, there's this cultural thing that, you know, we don't ask for more. And that is definitely mm-hmm. something um, that, you know, we felt in my family growing up. My family had a, has, you know, Irish Catholic um, background. We have a lot of stuff around money. One is like a huge amount of shame around debt. Like going into mm-hmm. debt is like literally like someone can hold it over you. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, that I think is a, in a lot of ways culturally very healthy. Like I don't have credit card debt and a lot of folks my age do. But for the period of time in my life when I was so broke that I was going into credit card debt. So not only did I have to deal with the stress of money, I had to deal with all this shame then mm-hmm. around sort of my financial situation. And like the truth is my situation is different from my parents. Like they grew up in a world that had more financial stability for people of middle and lower incomes than the world does now. Their cost of living was significantly lower. Like w- wages for working people have stagnated. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think that I'm one thing that I there are two things that I wish someone had told me when I was a baby gay. One was to try to I had worked really hard on extracting shame from sex uh, and I understood why that was important. But I needed to work just as hard on extracting shame Mm -hmm. from from money to try to take away this cultural notion that we in America all grow up with that poor people uh, have something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That is just a cultural myth of our nation's uh, selfhood and and we need to take that out of how we feel about ourselves we need to take out of how we feel of, about ourselves our personal financial situation and like that self-blame that we do and try to you know constructively figure out how to be in the best financial situation we can but without shame that's like the big thing and then the yeah. small thing was the first time I got a 1099 I did not understand how that was going to be taxed Ooh. and that fucked Ooh. me up you have to take mm-hmm. 30% out of that 1099 and you have to pay Off it quarterly the yeah. to mm-hmm. the to the government I had no idea I was just doing tutoring at that time in grad school and that I, I owed thousands of dollars at the end of the year thousands of dollars I did not have Yeah, yeah. so that fucked me up so baby thoughts out there if you haven't gotten paid freelance money on a 1099 you are for the first time but then also itemize everything everything that's a business expense is a tax write off legitimately mm-hmm. it is so yeah. mm-hmm. so you know you you just have to have a relationship to freelance money that's different from W2 income Yeah, I yeah. didn't know it still fucks me up every single year oh that tax bill yeah oh i mean i i didn't know you could also just put it on a payment plan and i feel like oh tell me yeah. more about that i don't know about that getting on a payment like when your taxes come yeah to get it to that you're paying it incrementally mm-hmm. i didn't know i don't know how to do it that yeah. freelance income you're, an accountant can work that out for oh, you. amazing mm-hmm. but now i when it comes to fucking taxis i'm just like add it to my tab like i don't know <laughs> yeah. A lot of queers come to me with like money problems, so much so that I actually wrote this kind of like queer guide to getting paid for IntoMore.com back when IntoMore was the thing before Grindr deleted it, which is really fucked up. Thanks, Grindr. So I should figure out a way to like uh, publish this uh, again. But, um, you know, I had kind of a list of bullets to like how you, how we, first of all, as queer and marginalized folk, like constantly devalue ourselves or are devalued by the system. Like it happens all the time. So like step one is like assume they have money Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. time. Like Mm -hmm. your work has value. You should not Mm -hmm. work for free in most circumstances um, and you have to you know you you don't you don't walk into like a pottery shop and you say mm, how much is that vase and they say it is X number of dollars and then you say hmm how about free like that's just not how it works right, right, right. and you're not going to complain about like the price of the pot because that's how much the pot costs mm-hmm. you walk out you save up you come back and you buy the pot or you go to another pottery barn you know what mm-hmm. I mean like that's just kind of like how it is that's how you should think about the value of your work um, but um, aside from that like Field research is very important. Like, talk to your peers about money. Talk to them about how they price their projects. Look on Glassdoor.com. Look, um, if you're like a freelance writer, um, go to who's who pays writers.com and like mm-hmm. look at their rates and see mm-hmm. how that has been updated based on the publication. Um, and how um, there's a lot of like financial transparency that's cultivated on Twitter, cultivated on like blogs like that that um help will help you price yourself out. And then pricing yourself out take the big scary number like guess like take a big jump and and guess the best you can and then double it mm-hmm. double it every time mm-hmm. like because your goal is to negotiate with them it's not to scare them off it's to negotiate with them and you know assume that they're always going to undercut whatever it is that you're quoting and then if they take the big number props to you you mm-hmm. deserve that you pay a lot of taxes on that freelance right. money as Joe just yep, said yep, yep. Yep, yep. Um, and you need to put that in the bank and then 
when you email the person, when you finally ask for that number, like don't use soft language of any kind. Like I'm a big proponent of like not using soft language. Like, so no maybes, I mights, shoulds, kind ofs, like I thinks, like, mm-hmm. like it is, it the, like we are the worst offenders of that kind of thing. Right, right, you right. You know right, what right. I mean? Like I just, you, you want to say sorry all the time, but the straight white men that you're talking to never say sorry. They never say might, maybe, should. Mm-hmm. They never use niceties. They always feel like it's owed to them. I never use the word unfortunately in an email. Ooh. Ever, ever, Ooh. ever. Like, unfortunate for who? Right. It's not unfortunate for me. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, this is not my problem. Like, I don't need to present this thing Preach. as, like, unfortunate. Like, this Preach. is actually how much I cost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then don't over-justify your number. Just state it. Um, and then finally, after you're done negotiating, after you're trying to, you know, get get your percent... Know that it is hard because it's hard. You know, like money Mm -hmm. is difficult. It's never supposed to be easy. It's never going to be perfect the way you wanted it to turn out. And know that everyone's having the same problems that you are, even the person on the other side of that email. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And also, as much as, like you said, like using insistent language as as much as possible, having statements instead of questions. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so important. Like, like Kelly, my assistant, will, will be like, so who's picking Tommy up at the airport? Instead of being like, is there going to be transportation provided from the airport? Yes, you know? always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just love, I love uh, when I get a pe- an email asking for a commission or asking for a service and my response is like three sentences. And it's like, hi, like, thank you for this opportunity. My rate for a project like this is X. If you have any questions, let me know. Thank you, friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And getting like, um, oftentimes negotiating for, so most of what... Most of what pays my bills at this point is uh, touring. Mm. And with colleges and stuff like that, a lot of times, sometimes you'll get asks from professors or coordinators who are more fluent in the language of like bringing people to campus. But sometimes it's just enthusiastic students and from student unions or from people Mm -hmm. from different groups who they don't really know how it goes. And so they'll soft pedal or offer something smaller. And I just have to remind them that like, my that first of all like my work venn diagrams several different types of things so queerness gender studies uh, mfa english like da 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 indigenous and it's just like ask some of those other groups if they can chip in cuz mm-hmm. they all have budgets like and i i can do several different events on campus you know mm-hmm. and having that as an alternative too is something that my friend roy taught me because he my friend roy works uh, like at at different colleges has worked at different colleges for a really long time and alerted me to that fact and helped me be more bold in what I could ask for from universities and students right. and stuff like that I think mm-hmm. in having mentors in that way has been super important for me even when I started getting my first invites to camp- and this I mean we're talking about our fields which is sort of like freelance writing academia uh, but you know it's applicable to any field a mentor who you trust and you can speak to openly about how finances work in your field is so important just to get like mm-hmm. What is reasonable? You know, it's like freaking Yale came to me and was like, we want to pay you $150 and we'll cover your travel. And like, I just had enough mentors in my field that I knew that that wasn't a reasonable ask. And I knew a a number to ask for. Mm -hmm. And I and, you know, they came back to me exactly that thing. And they said, well, we don't have that kind of money. Uh, And I said, oh, you know, okay, Uh, but you can find it. You're fucking Yale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you have that money. Uh, And they came back two days later and they had what I had asked for. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's it's just I I think a lot of us who have politics that are sort of left, not just like Democratic left, but further left, also feel bad about having these mon- money conversations in mm-hmm. a way because it mm-hmm. feel, it, you know, we're implicated in this system that we're trying to critique. You know, Yale, the fact that Yale has more money than God uh, is a thing that makes me very uncomfortable. So it's sort of like using that to get paid myself, mm. you know, it. I, I have mm. feelings about that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but at the, at the same time, you know, like our my labor as someone who's been an academic for a long time has been so undervalued, mm. right? Consistently yeah, by exactly. those same institutions. So it, it it is a tension in me. But right now, like I don't feel guilty at all about asking for more money for the labor that yeah. I've done and, and spent my life doing. Joe, you're answering a question that I would love to turn to the whole group, which is like, what is your relationship? to money in general like how do you feel when you spend it how do you feel when you save it how do you feel when you make it like how do you feel when you talk about it like I feel I feel like all four of us have extremely different relationships to money and Joe you just said yours which is like tension icky feelings shame and and I hate spending money and I hate spending spending money Mm, I feel guilty 
Dennis oh, has like a gleeful look on their face. I love spending money. Mm. Um, no, I I mean I, I I both love and I hate spending money because I have I've I grew up with so much like tension and stress around money, actually. Like, um, yeah, like I even though my family was sort of comfortably middle class growing up, like my parents both grew up really poor and so my dad like handled the finances and he made a he made a, a comfortable living but my mom was like always really really stressed out about money like i remember when i was um doing my all my college applications my dad had said you know we have a college fund for you we've saved up and like you can kind of go where you want to go you know provided that you get decent financial like some kind of financial aid to the school and my mom was like if you don't get a full scholarship to college you are going to Cleveland State which to me was like terrifying because I wanted to get out of Ohio and so between that and everything I did there was just a lot there was actually a lot of stress around around money um but the thing is like I've evolved to a point where I understand money to be just like a sort of functional tool of life and a thing that I have to have a competency about in the same way that I have comp- other competencies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still in a place where I'm developing those competencies and learning about those competencies. And so that has been a really tricky um, relationship because in order to be competent or feel competent, I have to extract the emotional component. I have to extract the anxiety. I have to extract um, the shame. And it's actually just in some places, it's like, it's something that the thoughts have witnessed because like I, I had never freelanced when I met them. And, and so when I started doing a little bit of freelancing, like I would text them and Mm -hmm. be like, like, how do I handle this conversation around money? Like I've been asked to write this article. I've been asked to write this thing, but they haven't talked about a fee. And like, they coached me through that because I had never, I had never had those conversations and I never felt like I could. Um, but it's been a real learning process to kind of be on the other side of that conversation as well. Because I remember being a college student and I remember like inviting speakers to campus and like not having any clue about how to pay them or like if I had a budget or how much the budget was or maybe I had a very small budget and they they had so much more. Mm-hmm. And I remember both feeling like I wanted to try and like pay them, but also sort of feeling like, well, don't wouldn't they just want to be kind and like do that like not understanding like Mm. the the gravity of like the reason why they're asking that and now I'm in the opposite position and I have those conversations so it's been really interesting and I think it's so important for people to kind of have those conversations with with um younger people sometimes about like like here's how you can bring me to your campus like here's how this works like the idea that you take that time Tommy is like really interesting is wonderful I I want to get paid too so (laughs) if I can teach you along the way that's fine with me I think sometimes though that it like I was a student who didn't understand the value of creative labor as well. Mm-hmm. And I right. remember making asks of people that I'm now ashamed of, but right. now people Same. ask of me and mm-hmm. I'm just like, you Educate. know, yes. Yeah. There, there's also just like such a volume of kids in the DMs and in the um, messages and stuff like that asking me to answer questions for their report, you know, yeah, for yeah. school <laughs> or their term paper or something. Uh, First of all, all of those answers are in an interview somewhere on the internet already. Yeah. So or just, in the book itself. Or in the book itself. Oh. And I understand that there are some questions about who I am and why I wrote this, like da da da. But honestly, it's already out there. It's on LitHub or it's on Bomb or it's on uh, The Rumpus. It's somewhere out there. So just like read a little bit more on the internet. Teams, Instagram DMs has templated comments now, templated DMs now. So you can template responses to people's DMs <gasps> and I have a template for when people ask me for things like that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it's really oh, nice. Like, that's good to find. find. It's really helpful because there, you can ha- you know, can compose a really kind email in just one click send. Mm, really but Teebs, how do you feel when you spend money? Now that you have a little more. Yeah. Uh, you know, poverty was a real thing. We joke about poverty all the time that Tommy was really, really, really poor for a time in I his 20s. I was broke as a joke. Yeah. That's my, my, nick- my name is Teebs. My nickname was poverty Um My friends are rude. <laughs> uh, but I was getting the dollar slice, slicing in half and having part of it for breakfast, part of it for lunch. It was a lean time. But, um, I, you know, it's weird, though, because uh, there's this movie called Rhymes for Young Ghouls where the main character, it's a, a kind of indigenous like, horror movie. And um, it's largely about like the residential school system, both in Canada and the United States. Um, and the main character says something along the lines of like Indians don't know what to do with debt because we always feel like we're in it or something like that. And similarly to you, Joe, I, I have have a a horrible relationship with debt and I remember when I got my first film commission the being out of debt suddenly mm-hmm. I I didn't know what to do with myself because I assumed that that was going to be on my shoulders forever mm-hmm. and then I realized how angry that made me that I assumed debt was forever and that mm-hmm. like it is 
is absolutely a tool of oppression used to keep people like us Mm -hmm. feeling the way that we do. And the whole structure of it and the systemic nature of it, it's just like, again, well of anger. Didn't know if I was going to pull myself out of it. But then the the direct deposit hit and I was like, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. And and the relationship between debt and labor, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're always in debt, then you always have to be working in conditions Mm -hmm. that are like not good for you as a laborer. It's an age old technique of oppression um, and, and affects people down the scales of all marginalizations. It's it's horrible. Similar to Tommy, I'm someone who is very money confident right now. Like, I know how much I'm worth an hour and I'm very comfortable in that number. I know how much I make now, which is a lot. Like, I make a lot of money in, like, both my freelance gigs and, like, my previous jobs and my job right now. Um, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm good with money. No, you know no. what I mean? That doesn't mean, like, which is why, like, you know, we're, if we're talking money hacks, like, get an accountant as soon as you can afford one. And you don't yeah. have to be wealthy or making a lot of money to afford an accountant. Mm-hmm. Like they will make, they will save money for you. It is worth yes. the investment to, even if it's someone who just helps you understand money for a year or two, and then you don't, you know, you fire them or something, or you do, you no longer work with them or whatever. Right. But like you know, get understanding money is so important. I love um uh the Bad with Money podcast, which is a queer led um money podcast. It's so amazing. Um, really great queer assessment of money. There's a Bad with Money book also is really good, written by Gabby Dunn. She's an amazing queer financial advisor person um the queer money matters um series uh by nancy nancy podcast our sisters Mm -hmm. over there um they did like a several episode arc about queer money and like our relationship to it um all those things you know help you understand your own finances and strongly recommend them i also feel like after i won the whiting um they hooked us Mm -hmm. up with a financial planner just Mm -hmm. because they were like this is the amount of money that's going to be coming into you over the next couple of years and um, one of the things that she recommended I do which I did immediately was to get a separate credit card for all of those expenses that Joe was talking about right. so that like card, come, yeah. mm. come um, tax time you just have a record of all of it Ugh. there so you don't have to go parse through all of your That's other right. credit cards mm. finances yep. uh, uh, yeah. savings accounts etc 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 that's so super, smart. super smart I have a question that is a little bit more about um, sort of how we spend money like you know as I'm not quite to the level of financial comfort that uh, Fran and Teebs are at, but for the first time in my life, I have a job that covers the bills and the freelance money gets to be a little extra. Mm. I do have extra money in a way that I never have in my life before. And what I'm struggling with in this space is it feels super duper good to be like generous to my friends, to Mm. buy a bottle of wine, to buy drinks, to buy a round of drinks out, something I could never I could never have done that okay, until Joel, a year ago. I'll you know what I mean? You, after the podcast. Um, Sam, you know, to, to buy food to cook for my friends and not to ask them to Venmo me. Right. But I feel at the same time like I'm being irresponsible, that I'm being maybe too generous and that I, I don't yet have the financial support to mm. be quite that generous mm. with my friends. Do, do any of y'all feel sort of yes, absolutely. that tension? Not rich in pocket, but rich yeah. in spirit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what doesn't matter what's in your checkbook when you know you're spiritually wealthy. I just became a hippie white woman just, oh god oh. just fully sublimate into yourself Joe. Okay. <laughs> just spend money you don't i'm have. buying tivas online right just, now i mean I, if i'm gonna be this is like a terrible this is not advice but i will just be extremely honest like i spent so much money i did not have my first five years in new york oh, oh my god, god. i was I was so far into debt. I used to have a running joke that I wish I had um, as many Instagram followers as I had credit card debt, um, which oh. was like, it was like an inordinate amount of credit card debt. And I finally paid those credit cards off actually like this year, which I'm very proud of. Mm. But like in the, in the long run, I spent money on trips and things that inevitably got me opportunities mm-hmm. that cultivated my career and path right now. Yes. It was a very hard path to go down Mm. and was not necessarily a series of extremely expert financial decisions. However, I spent money I didn't have and it did pay off eventually. So be wise, (laughs) you know, be smart, plan ahead, don't do what I did, but don't be afraid of credit cards just know that they're evil yeah they, <laughs> they are they for are, sure they are evil. they're literally and, evil and if you don't handle them well like they will keep you so far from where you want to be yeah. for such a long time that is how they're designed that is I mean, how they're designed again just think about it financially right like yeah. the, you are spending money that you don't have and that has to make profit for the bank and that make makes profit for the bank off of the interest right yeah. so yeah. the many 
if not the majority, but you have to think about the bank is making money off of that credit card, even though they're giving you free money and perks and this and that. Yes. And so it's important to remember, I think, sort of the, you know, a little bit more of a macroeconomic understanding mm-hmm. of whatever it is you're doing. And that's, you know, the same thing ha- happened with the housing market, right? Uh, and, and I think that people were making decisions in this larger system. And there was a combination of like those individual decisions decisions and the huge horrible system it's really easy to get lost in between the the microeconomics that you live and the macroeconomics that like makes profit for banks and it's just like good to remind yourself yeah and then also just the idea of um balancing practical concerns for paying your bills with like your passion projects Mm -hmm. which i think is something that we all did and Mm -hmm. what this podcast started off as first of all we we had a lot of people give us their time attention and unpaid labor yeah Mm -hmm. and we weren't being paid for it and we paid to have the opportunity to make this show with the idea that it would one day be somewhere like iHeartRadio like we are now but that was through our our investment in our willpower and our hard work I mean so much work and belief that it could be a thing and belief that it that it that it had value and that people would like would receive it as such people would think it had value you know and I think that's the other thing you know this is a little bit more of a career conversation but like I have a stable non-arts job so that my arts work can be mostly shit that I actually give a shit about Mm -hmm. and you know I would rather take a hundred or zero dollars for an essay and write an essay that I care about than be pumping out freelance pieces for four and five hundred dollars a piece that I don't that I don't care about about, you know and that was the that's a decision that I made for me and for me as an artist that it has been the best decision I really need for my freelance work to be extra income mm-hmm. and not the stable source of my life uh, and that that it makes me feel so free as an artist that like I can write weird braided 10,000 word essays that take a year to place and that I don't get paid that much for but those are actually the things that have helped me find my biggest audience you know uh, and so it's been yeah you know making those decisions that are right for you not like it is so wrong for me to be a freelancer and, so wrong and that yeah. might be everybody's relationship to money and art however if you're trying to make money off of art that should be your first mentality is that yes. you're not going to make money off of it mm-hmm. that's not why you do it mm-hmm. and just pray that you will work hard enough and be good enough at it that eventually it'll make money mm-hmm. and and have all the conversations like the ones that we're having right mm-hmm. just because you know you're a fucking weirdo Marxist artist that cares about the quote unquote purity of your work doesn't mean that you can't be having conversations with artists yeah. about how they do make money yeah. for that work and using yeah. the connections that you do have and the resources that you do have to get that work valued eventually. Yes. I have a fun little ending question. Yes. Okay. What hmm. is the thing you spend the most money on? Or if not the most money on, like the the guiltiest amount of money on or the like juiciest or the most delicious money? Like what like what do you spend money on and you're like, ooh, okay, that feels great. I it's mm. not that it necessarily okay it's to make a bad thing not feel as bad and that is like when I, I am finishing a project I will get an Airbnb ooh I love and that and finish it there and preferably someplace like that's on the water mm. you know what I mean or like mm-hmm. someplace like that's that's like a little chill I wouldn't say opulent but I would say like I got doing so much work I want to get up and I don't want to be in my own space so it's like I pay to yeah. have my own residency mm. yeah I've done that before Tibbs yeah. I bought I've gotten a hotel room for a night when I'm just like I need to unplug from like this world and do it yeah yeah my one of my extravagancies that I've had even when I was very poor good lube <laughs> good lube. Yes. Good poppers. Yes. Good poppers. Mm. Good toilet paper. Good toilet paper. I, I have not always been that girl. Joe, I am that girl but now. But you are now. I was so poor in New York for a long time. I made like in the $20,000 range. I'm talking about now. Now I, I spend a little more on toilet paper. I don't buy the best. I have very few things where I feel okay spending money on. Are you like producer Alex and have it one ply? Or? I do not oh have it one ply. Oh my God, call her out. <laughs> she is, she's, like, she's like, Scott is my lie. favorite brand. Brand. It's better. It uh, is not better. But Scott is not but better. Scott producer does, Alex. I think Scott does have a. They have a, a two a, or three ply. Really? Yeah. They, they have. have um, they uh, have varietals. And and one thing that you know I have bumped up since I have a more stable job now is uh I don't I buy quality vegetables mm. and I and I buy better wine. <laughs> like a better I, wine. You know, I was in the I was in the like fucking disgusting cheap 
two buck chuck and now I'm in the like ten dollar a bottle. Yeah. And heirloom tomatoes are so fucking delicious. I, I know that we all spend money on flights. I'm like a flight spender. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. travel is always worth it for me and then you can save when you get there. Um I spend a lot of money right now, especially like on my community. I I, I throw a party mm. here in New York um once a month and I you know, I'm hiring drag queens, I'm hiring DJs, I'm hiring, you know, illustrators, tarot card readers, like everything. And they're like all queer makers. Um, I like to invest in their art um, because this is the first time in my life when I've been able to do so. And I'm excited mm. to keep doing that. Like I, I'm I, I that is like one of my favorite things that has come out of just having more money yeah. on hand. I'm um, similar to Joe. I love buying drinks, dry, buying around for my friends. That feels great. Uh, I love yeah. getting I love dinner. It. I love, you know, investing in the people that invest in you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I'm feeling kind of full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. And dessert this week, I had to strong arm into the dock. I feel like I waited till everyone left when we were doing our retreat so I could Uh, write it on the board. Why do you do this? (laughs) It's white claws. No laws when you drink it, claws, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tommy, what is white claw? White claw is a um, alcohol, a seltzer with alcohol. Basically, it's the promise of La Croix. When La Croix no. came out, everyone was like, I'm obsessed with this. And I was like, ooh. And I drank it. And I was like, this where's, month, the, where's, where's the vodka? Where's the booze? Yeah. And there was mm-hmm. no booze in it. And I was like, why is everyone so obsessed with fizzy water? Fizzy water has been around with forever. Then let's take it to summer 2019. I'm on a book tour with um, Sarah Rose Eder and Kristen Arnett for their books, um, uh, The Book of X and Mostly Dead Things. And we were traveling a lot. And uh, Sarah introduced me to something called White Claw. Oh, White Claw? White Claw. Mm. And it's just like a fizzy booze thing. It's a 5% alcohol, so it's basically healthy. (laughs) That's not how that works, Tommy. And the cans are small. And also just like, I don't like day drinking. I don't. I don't like being drunk during the day. Same. Same I don't like it. And But like having a little little White Claw, it's like, it's not enough to get you drunk. It's enough for a little bit of a buzz. I don't think you could actually get drunk off White Claw, to be honest. Okay, Tommy. All right, let's Teams, why it gotta be white? Okay, why it gotta be white? Listen, I gotta say it's a little bit racially insensitive, but you know, gotta... put your white claw in me, daddy. No, oh my that. god, Joseph, uh, you're making this somehow oh. worse. The thing is, like, it um, it came out I think in 2016, but it's had this meteor- meteoric rise to fame. Uh, in 2019, it was um the the summer of the claw, I believe. No, we're calling it. No one's calling it summer no of the claw. No claw that. girl summer, I believe. Is maybe claw what we're girl summer. No, nope, no. Nope. I'm just imagining girls with claws. <laughs> I know. That yeah, see now that I swipe claw. right on. I mean, <laughs> girls the, with claws. But honestly, claws. though, one yeah. of the things is that like um you know this isn't the first time there has been um you know a uh, 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 was it like a sparkly boo situation yeah. with like a seltzer. Um, but when it came out in the 90s, it was called Zima. Yeah. And um, disgusting. Well, the thing Kinda is, sweet. Though, but the thing is that um what it was used to fem shame. Wow. Correct. Yeah, correct, it was correct. like if you drank a Zima, you were less You're, of a man, or yeah. you were too girly, or whatever, mm. whatever, whatever. And it was definitely marketed to women. Zima yeah, in yeah, the yeah, 90s, yeah, yeah. But um, like I think David Letterman and people like that would roast it regularly on late night talk shows yeah. as being like effeminate, and yeah. so it went out of business. And I like that now there is like something that could have been called effeminate that maybe still is, but that isn't receiving the same well, kind of backlash. That's and probably why they, being embraced. They just, called it White Claw for that reason. It was kind of a butch name, you know what I mean? Like just it, it, it is very white claw. But I will say, so I actually, you know, I love seltzer uh, and I love alcohol. So I actually bought some White Claws uh, this spring before it was like a thing. It was just in the CVS. And I was like, oh, that's not, I'll try it. That shit gave me a hangover. Looking at it gave me a hangover. I would drink one, not be drunk at all. And I would wake up the next day hungover. So it's it's like, there's something about the sweetness. And what, what, what is the alcohol in it? What alcohol is in it? Do we even is it Tom, vodka? Tommy's is like, it, why like, are you complicating this? What yeah, is just le- leave a good thing alone. Oh, Joe, it's Joe not a good question. thing. I'm a black <laughs> cherry white claw, just FYI. I'm just upset that you had to tear down LaCroix in the process of upholding <laughs> white claw. Okay? Like, these things are additive. Okay? Like, uh, LaCroix is great. Or as I like to pronounce it, I didn't say it was bad. I just felt like there was an expectation there that um I that wasn't necessarily met. No, I agree with you, Tommy. I always feel like there's something missing in a LaCroix, and to me it's vodka. Well, Um, but you can add vodka to (sighs) Why do I need to add the vodka? They can add the vodka. 
Um, but White Claw, I just feel like it's like the Hawaiian punch, like like adults Hawaiian punch. I don't know. <laughs> it's I a wine cooler. It literally, it's, actually, it's, it's, uh, it's that's like, a really good read. Like I'm just like, no, I don't want it. it it's it's no no no. But I didn't, no, like no, no. I said, it doesn't have to be your dessert because it's mine. Let's okay? not yuck Tommy's yum. Let's not king Come shame. Yes, let's hit, you, let's let him get clawed. You, let me get clawed, please, <laughs> Tommy. Get you get clawed. This and is tell a hard ass. <laughs> This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at iHeartRadio. Our producer puts the pro in Prosecco, Alexandra De Palma. Our social media manager is what happens when the bottom falls out, Christina Tucker. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or we make Fran get a tattoo of Nico Tortellini. Yes! Oh my <laughs> god! I want, that. I want to go to there. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, I love a cheesy tortellini. Oh <laughs> my god. That was good! <laughs> I'm Tommy Pico, Tommy Teebs Pico, at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S on all relevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on Venmo and Venmo alone. <laughs> I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Dennis Norris II. And you can find me on Twitter at Booker T. Foddington. <laughs> no, no. The Earl Den Den. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Find us on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's main topic. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading and some extra delectable content at mm. foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick, dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. Yes, thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.